Hi everybody, I'm Topher Graham. I'm Ariel Hansen. And welcome to BC, BC is creepy. creepy. Did we get it? Did we land I, it? I don't think we quite got the timing right. Okay, oh. three, two, one. BC is creepy. Landed. Woo! Okay, so you just got back from Mexico. Yes, and the podcast is now officially out. Yeah! You guys are listening to it, even though you're not going to hear this for like, I don't know, three weeks? Roughly, yeah. (laughs) Don't move around. I'm sorry. (laughs) Still getting back into the hang of this. But yeah, BC is creepy, our weekly podcast about... Creepy BC. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a really cool one for you guys today, and as promised, it is not true crime. Yay! It's still in Vancouver, though, so I'm starting to branch out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on, man. I did something from the Okanagan. Yeah, and you got all those little weird islands with all the cult people on them. Yeah. But uh, this one's, like, so incredible, I had to do it. Like, And I've got a lot of stuff to cover today. Okay. So we're talking about Dead Man's Island. Yeah, good thing you smudged beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Because we've got a lot to cover. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of ghosts. But okay. she wouldn't let me do it on air, so... It's because you make too much noise when you're getting up and down, and I couldn't edit it out because you'd sit down as I was talking. Okay, but if we get haunted, it's on you. Fine. <laughs> I'm... I'm going to do the Dead Man's Island a little bit different this week because I think it's much more interesting if we go reverse chronological. Okay. Because, man, this has got a history and it just gets worse and worse. So, Dead Man's Island, it's in Stanley Park. You can't go there. Although, in March, they had, like, an open house. I missed it. Sucks. Yeah. But you can't go there. It's a naval base now. But it's uh, right across from Stanley Park. Oh, oh, I can tell you something about the naval base. Please do. Okay, so their logo is, like, uh, sort of a Y, and it looks like it's got the sun above it or something. Yeah. Do you know why it's got that logo? Um, Probably not, I'm guessing. It was started in World War II. It has nothing to do with that. Oh, okay. (laughs) So the logo is a disc over Y. And Discovery is the name of the base. Uh, Disc over Y. That's awful. (laughs) It's it's so fun to point that out to people. (laughs) You can do better. So, the site Dead Man's Island is a small 3.8 hectare base in Coal Harbor next to Stanley Park. It was given to the Navy in 1942 during World War II and remains a strategic site for Vancouver Coast Security. It was used for uh, a Joint Maritime Operations Center in 1997 for the Apex Summit and in 2010 for the Winter Olympics. So, it's useful now. (laughs) Yay! Yeah, it keeps Vancouver safe and all of the Canada, really. (laughs) Well, Squamalt's a much bigger naval base, so... Where's that? It's in Victoria. Yeah, no, uh... Fine. No, (laughs) Discovery, I I do believe it's mostly reserves, so it's a lot keyed down compared... Squamalt is, like, the West Coast base for the Navy, and then Halifax is the East Coast. Yeah. But they have, like, other places, too. So, since it's become the naval station and it's not really open to the public, most of its supernatural occurrences have been reported by naval reservists. 
and there's good reasons for it to be have supernatural occurrences. We'll get to them. <laughs> okay. Um, but several people have recounted hearing footsteps on the stairs and furniture being moved uh, when nobody else was on the island. Um, some people have witnessed a strange glow emanating in the trees that sometimes sharpens into human form. So it is like one of the most haunted places in Vancouver. I mean, they've got a lot of vibration-causing equipment, so yeah. eye vibrations causing blurs, senses of dread, you know, those yeah. nice scientific explanations. <laughs> but also it's surrounded by water, which is a great carrier of supernatural activity, and... Really? Yeah. yeah. That's why Victoria is the most haunted city in Canada. I thought it was just because it was old. That too, but that's... But the water is like a real... Wait, what's the science behind this? Uh, it's water. <laughs> water carries stuff. It's energy. So does air. Just like... <laughs> the wind. <laughs> this is not me that's saying it. It's okay, okay. supernatural scientists okay. and Wiccans and they all flock to Victoria. You should know this. You live there. Wiccans, right? I don't know if I knew any Wiccans while I lived there. Oh, well, you just are a hater. I'm not a hater. I don't hate. <laughs> I just like science. All right. Science. Science. Well... <laughs> So you can come at me with all the science behind why it's haunted and what that does to people. But I have some historical accounts for it. But we have to go through this in the right order. Yeah, okay, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, faster, faster. All right, all right. So before its use as a naval base, the city signed a 99-year lease on the land in 1929. Um, This is important because in 2007, the lease was up and uh, a lot of native people came back to it saying that we should be a part of what happens to this island in the future. Um, nothing's come of it yet. It's still going to be a naval base for the foreseeable time. But, okay, so they signed the lease in 1929, mm-hmm. and it's a 99-year lease. Yep. It shouldn't be up until 2028. But um, this was what they were looking at in 2007 is the future of... Oh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> so the lease wasn't up in 2007. It was just we're figuring out what's going to happen next. Yes. Okay. It was a huge public thing. So prior to to this, the land was leased to a man named Theodore Ludgate in 1898 by the federal government. And he had planned to build a large sawmill to replace the Hastings Mill that had burnt down not long prior, uh, which made sense to politicians, but local Vancouverites were like, no, fuck that. Yeah, that's like a bad <laughs> What are you going to do to Stanley Park? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is our home. So yeah, they, they went nuts. They went absolutely nuts. Um, There was accusations of corruption and bribes and Ludgate himself, his lawyer, was the actual like BC Attorney General. So (laughs) calling accusations of bribery and corruption, probably not out of the ordinary. I mean that still happens to this day. I have a a quote from the Vancouver World editorial. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says, our belief is that this is a gross piece of indefensible jobbery that has been perpetuated in connection with this affair. (laughs) Jobbery. 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 So, sawmill, nobody wanted it, and the city council actually ruled against the favor of this lease, which they felt was insufficient. He was only going to pay $500 a year. What? (laughs) And even at that time, that's not a lot of money because the land was worth about $100,000. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, jobbery. (laughs) This guy was shitty. Uh, He didn't back down, and at 6.30 a.m., April 24th, 1899, he showed up with 30 men to log the island, but uh, 
Vancouver mayor at the time, James Garden, brought basically the entire police force to the island and was like, no, fuck you, Ludgate. This is like the one time back then that they did their job! I know. Good good on them. Yeah. One time the police weren't shitty. Uh, if you want to know why they were shitty, just go back to uh, episode one and, and episode three. three. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. VPD, not a great history. A lot of racism, a lot of corruption. <laughs> I think there have been a lot of improvements in the past couple decades. I hope so. <laughs> they seem okay. Um, so he attempted to cut down a tree, and him and the 30 men were promptly arrested. Uh, in 1911, the courts ruled that the lease was valid. So oh. it's, it took 12 years, but he finally got the land, and he managed to clear the trees and squatters, but uh, company bankrupt, and he died in 1918 with ever building a mill. Thank Yay! God! <laughs> <laughs> yes! So Stanley Park was saved from logging. That's yeah, because it's a world class park. It's like. beautiful, and thank God for that. Um, but uh, in a 1909 incident, the police occupied the island overnight to keep loggers away from it, and they claimed to hear the rattling of dead man's bones and shrieking skeletons. Threatened. <laughs> To hunt anyone who dared cut down trees on the island. So not only were the police and the mayor, like, protecting this island, ghosts. <laughs> and if a, um, I also have a quote from a Vancouver Courier piece about the haunting uh, by Chris Miller. He says, Perhaps suspecting that human agencies rather than supernatural ones were responsible, the chief of police suggested tongue-in-cheek that his men carry torches so that they would be braver and the ghosts a little less active. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's prop there. I mean, if they had to clear out squatters, who's to say that there weren't people like, Go away, go away. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 1909, you know, you're not filming people with your iPhones. <laughs> yep. Um, so before this, before all this logging, and this is where we get into some actual creepy stuff, Ooh. and not the earliest or even most intense creepy stuff, but uh, in the 1890s, Vancouver fell victim to an epidemic of smallpox. Ooh. Smallpox, if you guys recall, include fever, vomiting, and formation of sores in the mouth and a skin rash that turns into like fluid-filled bumps and a dent in the center and then scabs and scars and it's really gross disease. It's kind of like really shitty chicken pox. Really shitty chicken pox. We have vaccines now. And you should use them. Yes, do it. Please vaccinate people because, first of all, it's a myth that it causes autism. Secondly, autism is way better than smallpox. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the one thing I've always never understood about anti-vaxxers. It's like they're saying we'd rather our kids might get this disease that could kill them than be autistic. Yeah, anti-vaxxers suck. And they sucked back then because they totally had the cowpox vaccine that would have saved a bunch of people but epidemics because well <laughs> it wasn't widely available blah blah blah, blah. yeah there's different re reasons back then <laughs> so um in this epidemic of smallpox which came from victoria dicks it happens <laughs> Um, Dead Man's Island became used as a quarantine, then described pest house. 
And anybody who was caught with the disease was rounded up and uh, brought to the island. (laughs) I'm betting it's anyone who had the disease and didn't have a certain amount of money. No, they were, like, really scared. (laughs) They would, like, lock people in their... uh, They would lock people in, like, storage units and place a yellow flag on them so, like, they wouldn't have to touch these people. And then, like, cars would come up and round up people that were with this yellow flag. Like... It was a huge fear because it was like highly contagious. Okay. Like highly contagious. But anybody who recovered was allowed to return home. But not many people recovered. A lot of people stayed there and died. Yeah, well, I mean, when you put everyone in one place and people are scared to touch them, you can bet they're not getting the world's greatest health care. Yeah, and also it was the 1890s. <laughs> so not the greatest care in, in general. In general. <laughs> a little bit dirty. But lot. then you add on top of that that no one wanted to treat them probably. No. <laughs> because then they would get smallpox. It traveled through the air. <laughs> oh. From people. It's not a not a great thing. So that's the one incident of why it's Dead Man's Island. But um, this name actually came from Squamish people. Uh, and they called it the Island of Dead Man. Ah. And that's because... For them, it was used as a burial site. Uh, So in 1862, a man by the name of John Morton visited the island and discovered that the trees were filled with red cedar boxes. Yes! I remember this from our (laughs) tour that we did at Halloween. Yeah. Yes! Corpses and trees! Corpses and trees in boxes. And um, I guess he touched one of these boxes and it disintegrated. And <laughs> all the bones and human remains like fell on him. Um, I mean, that that's what you get for going on a burial site. I, yeah. And touching things. Don't touch your things. Don't touch things. So European settlers were really disturbed by this. Like, why are you putting dead people in trees? It's, it's just, fucking weird. It's <laughs> just what they do. There's no. There's it, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong I, with I it. know you. <laughs> I don't th- have any problems with it. I have the problem with it. They didn't like it. Yeah. They uh, buried the remains underground. And uh, it kept being used as a burial ground uh, for outside settlers who were pouring into the region um, from like the early 1870s. Uh, so it became like a real dumping ground. It served as a graveyard for dead merchant seamen or bodies of workers killed during the construction of the railway. Yeah. Um, 21 victims of the Great Fire of 1886 and pretty much anyone who died in the areas who could not afford an upscale burial. Vagrants, outlaws, prostitutes, lepers, societal outcasts, and immigrant menial workers and laborers. Like, they just kept dumping bodies here. So, like, at what point do they reach there's, like, no spot they can dig where there's no one under it already? Like, you start getting shallower (laughs) graves? Or, like, what happens? I don't know. Um, in 1887, they opened up a Mountain View Cemetery. Yay! Yeah, that's uh, around here, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's like uh, one or two blocks that like east. So if you want to stock Ariel, no, <laughs> you just gotta go one or two blocks west of the no! Mountain View Cemetery. Now I have to move. Thanks, Topher. You can't move. We're in Vancouver. I know. We've tried. <laughs> There's no hope. So, yeah, this was like a dumping ground for bodies for ages, <laughs> ever and ever and ever. And graves got, like, moved around, and obviously they weren't, like, great graves for some of these people. And it's just, like, filled with 
dead bodies. But that's not even the end of the history here. Yay! Yay! So there's also an oral history that was passed down and recited by uh, Chief Joe Capilano of a great battle that happened on a dead man's island hundreds of years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there were tribes from the northern coast and savage tribes from the south, and they all met there and raided and burned and captured and killed, tortured and killed their enemies. Um, So this oral history is really great. You can read, like, it's a full poem that was, like, uh, recited, and it's really cool. It's on legendsofvancouver.net, but it's, like, a huge account of the battle. And I'm going to give you, like, highlights because I don't think I could go through the full thing. But um, the witch doctors of the north made their camp on the northern rim of the island. Those from the south settled along the southern edge, looking towards what is now the great city of Vancouver. Both factions danced, chanted, burned their magic powders, built their magic fires, beat their magic rattles, and neither would give way, yet neither conquered. About them, on the waters, on the mainlands, raged the welfare of the respected tribes. The men from the south went under the cover of dark and captured seniors, women, and children from the north and kept them on the island and barricaded them with war canoes, and they gave a demand, which was part of the poem, so I've got it here. And Ariel, if you would like to do the honor which part is this? This one. Okay. So this is the demand from the tribes of the south to the tribes of the north after capturing women, children, seniors, about 200 of them, and surrounding them on this island with boats and weapons. <clears throat> oh, men of the upper coast, he said. You are more numerous than we are. Your tribe is larger, your endurance greater. We are growing hungry. We are growing less in numbers. Our captives, your women and children and old men, have lessened too our stores of food. If you refuse our terms, we will yet fight to the finish. Tomorrow we will kill all our captives before your eyes, for we can feed them no longer, and you can have your wives, your mothers, your fathers, your children, by giving us for each and every one of them one of your best and bravest young warriors, who will consent to suffer death in their stead. Speak. You have your choice. Thank you. You're welcome. So, 200 warriors surrendered in place of these captives. Wow. And they were slaughtered. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and this isn't like nice slaughtering guns. This is like poison arrows. Oh. And knives and just like (laughs) blood everywhere. I mean, if someone's surrendering to you to be murdered, you'd think you'd make it quick since... I mean, it's quick to the best of their abilities. Okay, as long as it's to the best of their abilities. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in the morning, the southern tribes found uh, special flaming fire flowers um, that grew on this island out of, like, the blood of oh. all these people. Okay. And uh, so dread terror seized upon them. They abandoned the island, and when night again shrouded them, they manned their canoes and noiselessly slipped through the narrows, turned their bows southward, and this coastline knew them no more. Huh. So they slaughtered 200 people, almost winning the battle. Then peaced out. Yeah, because... They were spooked. Flowers. Supernatural flowers. And I don't have any accounts of what these actually were or what they could have been, but I imagine they were beautiful, like red and yellow. and. Or, I mean, I my first thing, I w- it depends on what the ecosystem of the area is and what the composition is, because there are things that could have just grown overnight as well. Like, I think fireweed grows very quickly. 
Um, there's other stuff. Would have been something that came out new. But if you yeah. can imagine, the same thing happened in World War One with the poppies. Yeah. So I have another quote from the poem. There blossomed a flower of flaming beauty. Its colors were veiled in the coming nightfall, but somewhere down in the sanctuary of its petals pulsed the heart's blood of many and valiant men. That's it, a fancy flower. It's a fancy flower. So Dead Man's Island has been Dead Man's Island for hundreds maybe thousands of years. It was like a holy land to north and southern Squamish tribes, and it eventually became a graveyard, and then it became a European settlers, poor people's graveyard, then it became a dumping ground for smallpox victims, uh, and now it's inhabited by ghosts and uh, the navy the navy <laughs> i mean i can see why like if anyone got a history lesson about that place before they started working there they would be looking for things yeah. you know like um definitely there's a, a history behind it that will lend itself to people telling stories about it yeah um and now it's got a kind of legendary status because it's not available to the public yeah and it's definitely got the these stories behind it that you know we hear about them on tours we hear about them in books uh, if you want to look up lists of most haunted places in vancouver dead man's island is always close to the top oh maybe we'll do an episode about it someday but apparently the haunted is like the most haunted location in vancouver yeah can be in king edward that mansion they're cutting it down yeah they're gonna turn it into a development for condos and those people are gonna get so haunted i hope so <laughs> <laughs> just like leave us alone condo developers like back off <laughs> at least leave one house in the Camby corridor i guess technically they did with the little hobbit house but maybe more than just one you know maybe preserve our history because history is important yeah yeah we need to give heritage status to a few more places i think but uh but yeah dead man's island so yeah that just sounds like it's ripe for people like to just if they get creeped out or any kind of feeling like that they're gonna attribute it to like oh well bad things happened here it's probably haunted but do you have any accounts for like lights that would form into humans this is these are like recent accounts these are the most recent types of things and a lot of navy seamen talk about like stuff getting moved around and well sounds is always everywhere has creepy sounds but now i want to ask one of my friends because she was in the navy there <laughs> you can for next episode yeah yeah but i mean that's not a whole episode one. no but you can follow up with stuff yeah, from we can, me i guess we can do a follow-up yeah little at the beginning of the episode. Sorry. I just had to reopen this thing so I can give you guys my sources again. Also, I could have just cut that out. But it's so <laughs> much more entertaining when we can talk about it. <laughs> no, I meant the dead air while you it was getting opened up again. Spooky. Oh, yes. Silence I tend to cut out because it doesn't read well. Ooh. Ooh. We're so inauthentic. <laughs> Trust me, I, there's some podcasts that I've listened to and they'll have like a few seconds of silence and I'm like, is it over? <laughs> no, it's just us. We're, yeah. Yeah, you don't have control over this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your sources. 
my sources. So um, there's mysteriousuniverse.org. That was a really good one. Forbidden Vancouver, which has become a source for like three, all three of my episodes so yeah, far. all your episodes. I'm sorry. But Forbidden Vancouver is an awesome source. <laughs> Check them out. Um, legendsofvancouver.net. So that has the poem account of the battle. That's a really, like, go go hit that up. Um, Wikipedia, just for placement of certain things. It, it actually was, like, the least for this one. And then vancouversun.com had a really nice uh, history about, well, the battle against the logger. So. Oh, yep, that was would be the kind of thing you'd have in there. Yeah, they had a little, like, This Week in History, which was, well, it wasn't as interesting as, like, the Squamish history. But, you know, it's fun to think about, like, Vancouver in the 20s, because when we talked about Vancouver in the 20s during the Shaughnessy Heights episode, <laughs> they they were all over the place. They, they'd seem to, like, rally around behind weird causes. Yeah, yeah. And then last episode was kind of during the 20s, too, and it's just... Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> it was a weird time for people. Yeah. I think it would have been cool to live through, though. Except they, Maybe they for had you? The depression. <laughs> As a woman, I don't think I'd want to. Yeah, it could have gotten murdered. Yeah, or, you know, unwanted pregnancy, that kind of thing. There was... No birth control. It's called not doing it. <laughs> I don't want to live my life by puritanical standards, man. I don't want people telling me what I can and can't do with my own body. Well, then you got to live in a time period where we have condoms. Yeah, and I do. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I have zero desire to time travel. Would have been. <laughs> Basically, as a woman, this is probably the best it's been. <laughs> yeah. You can time travel. No problem. You just have to take your earrings out and your nose ring. I mean, I could do that. Yeah, change your clothes. You can maybe go I to mean, the 70s could, in that. This is like, okay, so I'm just wearing plaid. I think plaid was, actually, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need a suit if I'm going to go any further. Yeah, well, because you also want people to respect, respect you. Because otherwise you're going to get treated like dirt. Yeah, and then you're going to have to, like, log. <laughs> yeah. Do, like, labor. No offense, I don't picture you as a logger. Um, no. Although back then I probably would have had to be in the logger. Uh, maybe you'd be the, the chief steward. That'd be sweet. So, I don't have anything left on Dead Men's Island, but it's a really cool place. You can see it from across the water at, in Stanley Park. Yeah, you can actually, because like, you just see it from across the bridge. It's pretty close to actual Stanley Park, so you can take and a gander. If you go at night... You might be able to see some glowing orbs, glowing lights. And if you go there at like 9 p.m., they shoot a cannon nearby. <laughs> That's pretty Actually, cool. that I didn't know about that. So. Yeah, every night at 9 p.m. Huh. Well, we might have to take a field trip because there's another story we can do around <gasps> Yes, please. And Let's... we'll make sure we're there for 9 p.m., but we'll do it during the summer so it's not like cold. <laughs> I don't want to be cold. Yeah, summer is coming. It's kind of here. Not these past few days. I feel like it disappeared when you got back. I got in and it was raining and I'm pissed off because I came from like plus 38 in Monterey. Yeah, the entire time you were gone, it was nice, sunny, warm. Now that you're back, rain. You suck, Vancouver. You suck and you deserve to be haunted. Oh. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm not making 
making a very nice face at Topher. Don't matter. I'm mad. <laughs> You're mad and you won't take any more of it. Mad as hell. All right. So check us out on our next episode. Next check, Friday. And you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you have any ideas for future BC is Creepy episodes, send us an email. At... We also need to be clear to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and everything. It's Bad Cookie Pictures. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, people will just go for BC is Creepy if we don't clarify. Why don't we have BC is Creepy I wanna, Facebook? I don't want to handle <laughs> I already do like three social medias. So come to badcookiepictures.com. Yeah, it's just easier. It's easier. <laughs> and, and we have lots of other cool stuff that's going on besides BC is Creepy. Yeah, badcookiepictures at gmail.com if you've got any ideas. Also, we should have a Patreon by this point. Yeah. So if you want to help support us making podcasts, films, interviewing women in horror, all that cool stuff, then you can throw some money at us. We've got some rewards depending on the level you throw money at us at. We're a pretty cool multimedia genre company. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's probably about it. I've been Ariel Hansen. And I'm Topher Graham. And be sure to stay creepy. Stay creepy.